All right, Krang, give me an update on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Shredder, they've all been killed disarming bombs underwater in the damn Shredder. They're all dead? They they got tangled in seaweed, electrical seaweed Shredder. Oh, I guess we just we just win then. They really they just they all died in the seaweed underwater. Four turtle bodies floated to the top of the water. They had been burnt. Like, They've been burnt by underwater seaweed. That's right. Shredder. The seaweed is electrified. I forgot about that. Uh, Shredder. Well, I, I guess that solves the turtles' problem. Um, but now I'm more worried about you. Are you okay? Shredder. You I'm, seem like you're in rough shape. I'm a brain in a stomach. Shredder. We disarm underwater bombs and infiltrate Shredder's base in a blimp. In notoriously difficult NES platformer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This week. And how the fuck is this supposed to get played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, alongside Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket. And I have now retired my futile uh, search for a catchphrase, because <laughs> when I tried to crowdsource it, everyone was just saying the same thing over and over again to troll me. Uh, so we're gonna, we're just going to get right into the show. And... We have a game to discuss that is legendarily bad and legendarily difficult. But before we descend into gaming hell, it is time, as we always do, to spend 70 seconds first in gaming heaven. Abadaka, count us off. Go for it. <laughs> so, Heather... <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> you got it, baby. <laughs> so... You know, we're talking about a, a Western property today, heavily influenced by Japanese culture, and coincidentally, that is the big uh, AAA game that was recently released as of this recording, the game I'm playing the shit out of, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, this is a PS4. Tsushima? I've heard Tsushima, I've heard Tsushima, I've heard, I, I don't know, I don't know the correct pronunciation, I went with one, I'm committing to it. I'm saying Tsushima. Anyway, it's a, it's a PS4 open-world samurai game developed by Sucker Punch, uh, so it was developed here in the States. It's set during the Mongol invasion of Japan in the 13th century. Aesthetically pristine, I mentioned to you, Heather and, and Matt, how much you know you get to chase foxes, you get to compose haikus. It's a real treat. Uh, but here's the thing. It's the first big release I played since The Last of Us Part Two, which is, as we know, so just grim and bleak. And this tonally is similarly so dour and depressing. I'll give you an example. This is not a, a main story uh, spoiler, but this is just a, a little side quest. There's a side quest I did called the Time's Lightning up. Bandits. All right, okay. that's time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, the laughing bandits, uh, you go no. try to avenge Wait, a what woman. What are you doing? What? No, you try no, 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 no. Whose no family was killed, I'm not and then listening. When you get back, I'm not listening. She's killed herself. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. So there's no resolution. You can't say it. I said it. Hey, I'll say something else. I'll what? introduce our guests. Okay. From the new podcast, we have to stop talking TMNT on CBB, which you can listen to right now. Scott Ackerman, Sean Dissner here. Hi, guys. Hey, Hello. guys. Hi, guys. Thank you for being here. I've got a suggestion, Weiger, for your catchphrase. I know you've you've stopped it, but from our previous episode that I did with you guys, I really liked hearing you guys say edge. Mm, yes, <laughs> that's true. So, so if your catchphrase could just be a declarative edge, I think that'd be pretty fun. From Catherine, yes. Uh, the, the thing they implore you to do repeatedly during gameplay. Edge. Sure. I'll try it. I'll try it next time. Give it a shot, Wiger. Matt, make a note. I got to say edge to the top of next week's show. I got to make sure you say something. Yeah. <laughs> um, hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, Sean, we were talking a little bit before we recorded, but or before we started recording, that you are also playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, Tsushima. it is a very bleak game, um, and it is the first game I'm playing after The Last of Us Two. And the phenomenon I'm having is in The Last of Us Two, it really brings you into the character like no other game has. Like you become the character. I've never felt more like the character. Right. And now I'm doing that in this game. And parts of it are like, I can't play this in English. It needs to be in Japanese because you have the option to play in English or in Japanese with English subtitles. And it feels problematic to play the English version and then look up the like writers and directors. And I'm like, I, I wanted this. I don't know. It's just it's a really interesting phenomenon. Yeah, I I, sw I did switch to Japanese voices just to, you know, it, it for similar reasons. And also it just makes it feel more immersive because it is so like you know, just, just such a, a, a loving, um, and detailed, uh, you know, in a video game sense, recreation of, of, uh, of feudal Japan in a, an open world video game context, but it is, uh, but yeah, it had a similar sort of reaction, but it's also like just unrelentingly, uh, unrelentingly bleak. Definitely. And I think maybe I'm a little sensitive to it because we're talking about Ninja Turtles and me and Scott have been watching all these Ninja Turtles movies. Right. And we're going back and seeing a lot of very problematic stuff when it comes to like the way they depict Asian characters and stuff. Wow. So I'm like being very sensitive to it and just like, oh, wow, like this is something that is maybe one of the stereotypes that gets dragged along further than, you know, I don't know. And, so, and for Sean, it took doing a podcast with someone married to an Asian person for him to, to start <laughs> being sensitive to saying. these issues. <laughs> Stop Sean, what I'm you were, saying. On our, last, on our last podcast, you said Asian people are the ones with knives on their hands. No, right? that's not what I said. I did not say that. And then Nick said edge? <laughs> no, but, but it, it is just interesting, like going back and like truly talking about these movies and analyzing jokes and just being more aware in general, I feel like, our society is trying to be more aware about that stuff. So it's right. an interesting time to be playing this immersive of a game. I don't know if you guys have covered this yet in your podcast, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, has the best joke I've ever seen in a movie. That's, you Wait, know, now Sean, hold on, Heather. Sean has an opinion on this. And, and yes, the second episode, the first and second episodes are out right now. So yes. we have covered Secret of the Ooze. We have. And Sean has a Favorite, favorite joke that got him into comedy 
yeah. wow. made him want to be a comedy joke. writer. And I'd wow. love to know if it's the same joke. It, I, it's, I, I, will, think, I will blow, my head will explode. I think it's, I, I, not only is it a perfect joke, but I've, I've cited it as a perfect joke, which is uh, a little too raff. This is it. Oh wow. my God. This is it. Perfect joke. It's Sean is standing up out of his chair and raising his arms over it's his head. It's an extraordinary joke. Heather, ex- I've never been more happy in my entire life. I, I haven't look- seen I haven't seen it since I in movies as a kid, and yeah, I was like, up. "That's a joke." <laughs> Shall I explain? It? Shall I explain the joke? Yes, please walk us through yeah. it. They Raphael has been kidnapped, and they wait, the- wait, wait. I think you should also know Raphael's an, a turtle. Yes, Raphael. This is important information in why we started doing the podcast. By the way, because I, I we started because I do not know anything about the Ninja Turtles and Sean was on Comedy Bang Bang playing Sprague the Whisperer. And I mentioned that the only thing I knew about the Ninja Turtles was I had an image in my head that they um, bit what they thought was a pizza, but it turned out to be a manhole cover and their teeth broke. <laughs> and I just, I, I thought that was a joke in the movie or something. And, and Sean got very, very upset at me. And... <laughs> And and we started talking about it on Comedy Bang Bang, and it then has come up on so many episodes of Comedy Bang Bang since then, some with Sean, some without, that we decided to do this podcast to teach me things about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that I had no idea about. So the fact that they're turtles, this was something that I needed. So thank you. Wow. <laughs> this is the first time it's come up. It's, it, it's been very interesting to see Scott sort of absorb all of this, but I, I do want to just... Let's get the joke out there. Let's get the break, joke out. Please. Break it down. Break it down. Raphael, has, he's a turtle. Who's Raphael, by the way? Raphael. He's one of these turtles? I've tried to teach Scott who the turtles were based on the song. So That again, hasn't come Scott, up yet, by the way. <laughs> oh, that hasn't come up. Well, it'll come up soon, but... <laughs> Anyways, Scott. Um, is- if you want to use a, a mnemonic, you know, Raphael is red. He's got a red. Oh bandana, no, not so. another mnemonic. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm already, well, I'm already ass deep in a different mnemonic. <laughs> the, the song does I can't, refer I can't to Raphael another one in my as cool but rude. Yes, that so too. that's where we're trying to remember. But anyway, Raphael, Raphael is also is red, really? Yeah. They're yes, different colors? Red. Raphael is cool, but I thought red. they were all green. That's how it goes. <laughs> we have watched five. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> this is our dynamic. This is like, uh, anyway. Sean, you're like the me on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling my hair out. Um, so Raphael's been kidnapped. The other three turtles are going to find him. And I don't remember walk, any of this, by the way. And I watched I'll the explain movie. it Go again. They walk, they walk into like an empty junkyard. And they're like, full of junk. Is, though. Yeah, full we of should junk. Ju- we should make that very clear. It's an empty junkyard that has a bunch of junk in it. Humanless and- junkyard is what you <laughs> should say. Thank you. And turtleless. There's only one. Right. Um, he they walk in and say it's a little quiet, or they're they're like it's quiet, a little too quiet. Says that's Michelangelo. The, that's Michelangelo. That's the first beat. He's the master. That's then right? they beat up two guards right in front of Raphael, and. One of them says, well, that was easy. A little too easy. Then they turn a corner and they see Raphael and they go, that's Raph. And then Michelangelo says, a little too Raph. <laughs> now that's a good joke. Yeah, and as a, really a kid, it is just, 
I tried to explain it to Scott. He watched it live, didn't like it. <laughs> and I it just really heard it again. Still did not like it. <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, you're watching the movie with your girlfriend and you're like, I need you to like this thing. And oh, Scott, it's okay. Wait, we I'm your girlfriend? Said- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that's what was happening when we decided to do this show. <laughs> I said a little too raft to marry last week. I think we were in the desert and she's like, wow, it's really quiet. And I went, yeah, a little too rough. Oh. <laughs> Expecting that she would know the reference. High fives. She was like, what? <laughs> and I went, oh boy, okay. And then had to like, but very recently explained this joke, this yeah. formative joke. H- Heather, real quick. Did Mary return from the desert? <laughs> she she, she like, left me on the spot. She, I think I'll stay here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we are watching the Ninja Turtles movies and it's just interesting to like go back and look at this thing that I, I think when we start talking about the game, the thing I'm noticing in the rewatch is this commodification of the Ninja Turtles and like... Mm how the whole brand became out of control because it was like, all right, we're going to make every single toy we can and we're going to make a cartoon and we're going to do it. it, There's something about it when you're playing this game where you're like, this did not have to be made. Right. Yeah. I mean, and this game came out at the kind of the peak of TMNT awareness. Uh, You know, this, I think it was maybe the same year or one year after the, the movie and also the same year as a second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. So, like, they were absolutely saturating it with toys and merch and other tie-ins. Um, uh, but, but before we get into this game, I'm curious, because, Scott, uh, you're, you're clearly a, a, new t- a newcomer to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. Yes. Uh, how about with video games in general? Are, are you someone who's played much games in the past? Well, my history with video games, okay... It all goes back to 1975. This is how all his fucking stories start. (laughs) 75 was a big year, Sean. Um, No, I I know I sound a million years old, but uh, the first video game I ever saw was Pong in the local Sears. uh, And that was the year that it came out um, as a home console. And they had to deal with Sears. And I was just like fascinated with it. And I really, and we played it for about 15 minutes and I thought about it and thought about it and just loved it. My parents would never give me any console. So I would go to arcades and play stuff. So when Space Invaders came out and then Asteroids and then Pac-Man and then my favorite Donkey Kong, I used to love going into the liquor store and playing Donkey Kong and Joust all the time. And the idea of having one of these things at home where you could play for free because this was just eating up all my money. Right. I, had a, I had a paper route where you had to collect the money from all of the people who subscribed. And anytime I had to pay the Orange County Register like what I had paid, I always owed them money because I was playing <laughs> video games after my paper route all the time. So the idea of having something at home um, where I could play Donkey Kong was was really enticing, but my parents would never buy me a, a, an Atari 2600. So I finally, with my own money, got a 5200. And Minor 2049er was, was the only game that I really had because that was like Donkey Kong, and I love Donkey Kong. And the... 5200 was gone, like I think it was out of service in two years or something like that. Um, So then I didn't play video games at all until uh, the 64 came out, the Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. And that was really big in the Mr. Show writer's room. That was, we would play GoldenEye all the time. 
And I would go to Brian Posehn's house with Doug Benson and we would um, get high and play Nintendo 64 all night. And this this went on for like a couple of years. It was like Diddy Kong Racing and all those. And then I stopped playing. And then I went to Sundance with the Mr. Show movie. And at the party for Run, Running, Run, they gave us all GameCubes. So I got a GameCube and got really into Zelda. So I got into Zelda, uh, you know... Uh, Wind Waker, Twilight Wind Princess. Yeah, and, uh, uh, the the one where he blew the flute or whatever. Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Ocarina of Time. And so I played those with Kulop watching. She would just watch, by the way. And we would stay up all night and she would watch me do it and go, hey, what if you did this? What if you did that? <laughs> so, so that was like 2001 till 2003 or something. And then we did a between, t- and I stopped playing. And then we did a between two ferns with, one of the consoles, oh, it was Xbox. And they gave me a free Xbox and they inscribed it. Mm. And the only thing I think I ever played on that was Rock Band. Her, is that what it was called? Rock yeah, Band? Rock. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so beat Rock Band. And then then we got another free console, with whatever the last console was. And I, I literally plugged it in, saw you had to like do a, make a make a uh, a profile and buy clothes and all this kind of stuff. I yeah. was like, I'm just turning this off. So I've <laughs> I <laughs> I've not played any games since probably the mid 2000s. So you went from going into debt just to play video games to now being given systems for free <laughs> and not bothering and to turning set them my up. nose at it. Well, I really <laughs> and this is this is going to sound snooty especially being on this show, but I really started to feel after a while, especially in my 30s, where I was like, I don't know why I'm wasting my... And it's not a waste of time. It's where you choose to spend your time. But I was right. like, I was like, I think there are maybe better ways for me, someone who is trying to be a writer, like, um, I, I'll probably be more productive if I watch movies instead of, you know, and start to break them down mentally and stuff like that instead of doing video games. But I think anyone can do whatever they want to like zone right. out and veg out. Well, it's funny you say um, that, Scott, because like I sort of fell off video games a bunch of times in my life and I feel like I'm back on it now because I've found real like benefit to the storytelling that's going mm. on right now. Like speaking about it as a writer, I, there are a lot of the games I tend to play are the ones that are big, long stories that are interesting. Well, all like, of your I, scripts also have like uh, scene directions where people press buttons, right? I and do jump yeah. over Every, things. So, so it's like <laughs> it's like it's like Sean R ones over to to, to, to the table. <laughs> um, but truly, like I'm, you know, we talked about The Last of Us and some of these other games, like even Red Dead Redemption. Like I remember Red when Dead that, Redemption sounds good. I wish I could I play think that you'd at get some into point. it. I, I really I, I, like getting to the end of that game and like. You know, there's a learning curve. You got to learn how to play those open world games. But getting to the end of the game, and I know you guys can speak to that, that like final ride on the horse. I'm like, this is as good a storytelling of anything I've experienced. Well, with the Nintendo 64, that was that was fun for those two years, getting to the end of games and like figuring out how to win all of them. That was really fun in Zelda, you know, the GameCube stuff. Those were really fun. And I've often thought if there was another Zelda game or another one of those Mario games where you, you know, travel through a whole bunch of things, I'm not even getting into Mario Golf, which was a big obsession for me for a while. But um, (laughs) if there was another one of those like quest games, I would probably get into it. I just don't want to necessarily set up my system. Right. There's, I mean, there's no shortage of those. I guess there are, and, 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 you know, kind of following off of what, what Sean said, 
Like there are a, a game like Red Dead Redemption is something that I know non-gamers, people who basically don't play games at all, but like just play maybe that game. They've the yeah. games they've bought this in the 2010s are Grand Theft Auto 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2. And then that's a game they could you, you play. It takes 100 hours to beat and that keeps them occupied for six months in between, you know, work and kids, etc. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that that could be a way to go, especially if you responded to. Uh, you, you responded to Zelda back in the day, but I, I, I would to pivoting to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, uh, uh, Sean is someone who's a big fan of the franchise. Um, have you messed around much with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and also a gamer? Have you messed around with the TMNT games and do you have any personal favorites? Yeah, I think every, the first game that comes to mind is Turtles in Time. Hell yeah. Um, and I believe <laughs> that was Super Nintendo. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the third movie is based a little bit in time travel. And Heather, are you like a, a turtle super fan or maybe just a fan of the joke from Turtles 2? Like, what's I mean, your level of fandom? Between fan say, of one joke to super fan, where do you like? I would say, I well, I a super fan is, is such a, it's like it's it's, loaded, it, yeah. it's a narcissistic status, I right. think, of some <laughs> on some level. I, I have on my shelf currently all of the original Ninja Turtles comics. Mm. And, uh, you know, I loved when I was a kid playing with the toys and watching the cartoon and everything and playing the arcade game and playing its sequel. Um, when I finally did get an NES, this game was one of the very first games that I got. Yeah, for it, even it, though it was been very out for early. I, for whatever reason, it like is so tied to Super NES and like mm -hmm. r that controller specifically. Remembering this premise, like I don't know. I I think a lot of the premise of our podcast is we're talking about a movie that I, we're rebooting. We're rebooting the Turtles, and we're coming up with like the new franchise, like if we were rebooting Star Wars, sort we're of. We're coming up with a plot and yeah, the script and, that I'm supposedly writing. And and time travel is such a part of Ninja Turtles to me because of the third movie, but because of Turtles in Time, the video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's some some really iconic stuff from that game, like there's the, uh, the future surfboard stuff where they're like in the future place and they're surfing. There's a lot of surfing in that game because they yeah. surf in the sewer and then they surf in the future. Uh, and then there's like the like the big pirate ship scene where they're like back in the 1600s on a pirate ship and fighting. There's a lot of like iconic sounds from that game. I remember like if you hit Shredder or something, it made this sound that was like or something like <laughs> some weird thing that like I dream about. And it also has the iconic <laughs> it has the iconic pizza time from the video. Oh, right. Games. Do you remember that? Yeah. Pizza time. Yeah, exactly. Cowabunga when you put in a quarter. Right. Cowabunga. Yeah, it was I I mean I all of those I think Turtles in Time also came out in arcades. I think it, it was, was a, it was an arcade, yeah, arcade, arcade, arcade sequel first. to the yes. uh, like the local laundromat or wherever the fuck it was that I was playing Ninja Turtles. Uh like just putting in quarters was satisfying. Like hearing them sh shriek at you, right? They would go cowabunga when yeah. the game would start. Cowabunga, yeah. And and when they died, they'd say shell shocked. Oh, shell shocked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that 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 game has a lot of memories. Just like 
I think it might have been one of the first games I beat, too, because I do remember getting to the shredder level and being like, whoa, I don't think I've put this many hours into other games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I beat that game as a kid, too. And that was one that I beat, like, like one of the few games I've beaten in my life multiplayer, like just like sat down with friends and like yeah. we, we play through the yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I remember it was the Super Nintendo port that I played, which was a which was a very good port. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, T- Turtles in Time, also before that, you mentioned, Heather, it's the sequel to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, which came out uh, basically the same time as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game, completely different game, side-scrolling yeah. brawler, but also just like, it, it, in the way that this game doesn't deliver on what's fun about Ninja Turtles, the arcade game and Turtles in Time absolutely deliver on like what you want to play, mm-hmm. what you want to do if you're embodying a Ninja Turtle. Also, I got the sense as, as a child that like the reason you couldn't play the arcade game on the NES was it, it just wasn't capable of doing it. And so they right. had to give you this like side-scrolling Konami game. Mm-hmm. And then when the, the fucking... Arcade game, TMNT2, the arcade game, came out for NES and they could do it. I was like, wait, why did you? (laughs) Yeah. Why'd you make that other one then? (laughs) If you could do this the whole time. I think you'll find that the rush to get Turtle stuff out at this time. Turtle mania is real. Like, (laughs) they would rush to get stuff out. They This was probably slapped together in a, like, Sean, we also found out doing the show that the, the guys who made the Ninja Turtles would just sell the license to anybody that that was oh, the wow. yeah. that was the musical that toured the rock musical was basically coming out of their shells tour <laughs> yes, yes. Of songs like pizza power <laughs> it's what makes our life worth living so hold on hey, you're gonna say not super fan yeah <laughs> <laughs> But they, they, uh, the, the writer of that just um, basically wanted to write a, a, mus- a rock musical because he felt like Broadway musicals were so stupid. And, and, and so he wanted to write a rock musical. And so he became obsessed with the Turtles and went to the guys who created it and pitched them the idea of doing this show. And they just kind of went like, oh, uh, yeah, if you give us 50 grand, sure, do whatever you want with it. Wow. They, they, and, were, the sort of, they were the sort of opposite George Lucas in that They had this IP that they were just like, anyone can do whatever they want with it. And I think it was either Eastman or Laird that was like famous for like buying a tank. Like they just (laughs) bought a giant tank immediately when they got their first check. Like they just loved getting cash and being paid. And, And because of that, I just feel like there are ripples of that throughout Ninja Turtles in every like... Yeah. There, every few years we reboot it because it's just like, yeah, this is a cash cow. We're going to keep right. making it. So we can't quite figure out anything the turtle that comes out that has to do with the turtles. Is this something that is important or is this something that's a <laughs> quick cash grab? Because well, yeah. when I was reading up on on this game and like turtles as as general rule, uh, I found that they were so busy managing the licensing that they just were like somebody else draw the comics and would sort of loan it out to different artists and writers. Wow. Sort of like, uh, so canon is is established by multiple people just being given free reign. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is sort was, of like Todd McFarlane with Spawn, I feel like, where it's yeah. like he got, he got to be such a powerful businessman that yeah. it's like, hey, I, what am I doing 
sitting down drawing a comic book <laughs> you know like it takes it takes a day to draw a page usually yeah. if it, you know and it's like why the fuck am i wasting any of my time doing this you guys all draw this you know like i have a business to run yeah and yeah. like you said like so much of it was like we have to do a cartoon so we can sell toys and when you look at the ninja turtles canon so much of it is established in the cartoon like the different colored uh, they all wear the same color in the comics. And then in the cartoon, they have pr- different personalities that I'm continuing to try to teach Scott, but he refuses to learn. No idea. Michelangelo's the party dude. It's the simplest one. There's no yeah, mnemonic way to remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the game, if we want to talk about the game a little bit, uh, this was a, a Konami game, which was uh, released in 19... 19- 89 in Japan and in the United States. It was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System and uh, is a side-scrolling platform adventure where you can choose between the four main turtles at any time, but you cannot play more than one turtle at the same time. It is on many, many top 10 lists of the most difficult games on the Nintendo, which, given that it is a property for children is kind of like a, a rough deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had this game as a kid, and I think you said you did too, Heather. Yeah. And oh. I was like, as I was going through, I was remembering like, oh yeah, this is this is one of the early times in my life, uh, in, in my life period, I remember experiencing disappointment. Where <laughs> one I was of just the like, only was... times in your <laughs> life you've experienced disappointment? <laughs> Earliest times. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, but, and also only. I've lived, I've lived a charmed <laughs> life. So we, but I was like, I was so excited. I love the Ninja Turtles so much. I was so excited. I had a bunch of toys and loved Nintendo and then playing this game. And then it's just like, it, it, it the, the reason, part of the reason it's difficult is because it's got things like, um, you know, your health doesn't reset on a new stage, which is just so punishing. Like mm-hmm. you, you clear a stage, you barely beat a boss and you get to the next stage and you've got like a sliver of health left. You're just like, well, I'm just going to die now. Uh, and then, um, uh, and also just the controls are just not very responsive and also the characters. So you can switch between all four turtles, which you mentioned, Heather, which is a genuinely cool mechanic to be able to swap between them on the fly in the middle of a level. But they're just like they're so poorly balanced because like Donatello has the most range and does the most damage. So he's just by far the best turtle and everyone else is just kind of Leonardo's OK. And then and then Raphael and, and Michelangelo are both kind of useless. Raphael is definitely useless, but did you know, and I didn't know this mechanic until this playthrough, as a child, I had no idea, if they are below half health, Michelangelo and Raphael get extraordinary power bonuses. So, wow, enemies that would have taken like four hits become two hits or even one hit. And you're like, wait, that was... Why isn't that in the instructions? Right. Yes. Or some sort of visual to let you know that that's happening as opposed to just like, <laughs> oh, that was a little easier than it was before. Yeah. This game was so fucking punishing to play. Yes. I wanted to get further in it. And it was so hard because it is like sort of arcade rules where like game over is starting from the very beginning. And that yeah. just was so brutal. And it is a Konami game, so you can use the Konami code, uh, but it only get all the all the Konami code does is give you four continues instead of two. It's not like any you know you're, you're going to have an, an easy way to the to the end. Even with four continues, it's it's challenging. Um, you, you mentioned that that it's not in the manual that 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 Raphael and Michelangelo get a power boost. Here's what is in the manual: the Donatello description. Donatello, the dreaded bow, not to be confused with everyone's favorite ten is Donatello's form of amusement. 
What? <laughs> Why? So it's expecting like a nine-year-old boy to draw a connection between Donatello's bow staff, which probably doesn't even know what it means, what it's called, with Bo Derek from 10. That is oh. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm horny. <laughs> Donatello's the horny one. Well, I, I do have to say that in, in keeping with me learning about the turtles, the, the one useful part of this game was it started off telling me that they all had different weapons, which I thought was... I, I was blown away by this. <laughs> We've watched... I don't know what they four are. Four movies at this point. Oh, Scott, there's a sword. There's nunchucks. There's size. Size? This is how you remember it, Scott. In, Ra- in Ninja Turtles Now I'm 1, horny again. Raphael loses his sigh and then sighs because he's sad he lost his sigh. Okay. I oh, want to confuse sure. Scott further by saying that <laughs> when the game and the property was uh, exported to uh, the UK and to Europe, nunchucks were banned by the BBC. They were mm. not allowed to be on uh, television or in video games. So Michelangelo's trademark weapon was replaced with a grappling hook. What? Um, so he can get away? No, so it he would swing it. it. Oh, he would hit someone with it? And then hit oh, people even, with that's it. That's even it's worse than nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, it's well, like, imagine a hook going through your head yeah. as opposed to being like bludgeoned. Well, rather, <laughs> we learned that they had to cut nunchuck scenes out of the movies. We did? Um, because they didn't want to... Yeah, Scott, we did learn this. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they had to cut them out of the movies because there was some weird thing and then they also had to call the movies teenage mutant hero turtles yeah. yes i read they couldn't this the use UK. the word ninja which was really interesting i i think i'm about to tip my um my my hat towards a super fan again <laughs> which is to say that there's a deleted scene in the ninja turtles one film that i am lightly obsessed with which is that they show each of the turtles dealing with Splinter's kidnapping and each of them like handle it in different ways. Like Donatello's fixing up a car and becoming friends with Casey Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leonardo is meditating. Raphael's in the tub. But what they don't show is what Michelangelo is doing, which in the original cut was he was losing his mind with rage and he had put up a uh, uh, punching bag in the, uh, in the barn and was beating it like over and over and over again until it would explode. Now I'm horny and again. <laughs> <laughs> and they took it out because it was too intense. Like yeah. Michelangelo's wow. the party dude, and they couldn't handle like kids couldn't handle that. Like well, that was all of a emotional issue. The first movie yeah. is really dark, and and I do think the second one became a lot more kid-friendly because they were like, we're trying to sell toys here. Like, we can't have some Raphael depression story. So the second one just became very quippy and like Vanilla Ice and is very fun. But the original one is dark. So in Scott and I's reboot of Ninja Turtles, uh, all the turtles are dead except one. And uh, Michelangelo died from a drug overdose. So that's wow. sort of yeah. that is we're bringing sort of the it in into the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a crazy thing that's happened is that since I've been like I pitched sort of a dumb joke idea of that on Scott's podcast, and they've recently released a thing that's like Eastman and Laird are working on a comic book that is one. It's one Ninja Turtle, and the other three are dead. It's the exact same story. It wow. feels it's the like exact it was ripped same story. off from this. It feels like some Peter Laird was probably listening to Comedy Bang Bang. Of He's course. a super fan. He loves the cake boss. 
and he hurt my pitch. <laughs> and all I'm saying is, if you guys are listening, I ain't mad, baby. Just bring a brother just in. Just bring him in. You just want a taste? I just want a quick taste, baby. Should we should we keep talking about this game? I yeah, don't let's know, keep man. going. Yeah, we should. Uh, so there are um, several levels, and most children don't get past the third. Uh, you have the sunny side of the sewer, the streets of New York, uh, and then the Hudson River near the Hudson Holland Tunnel. And the this is an underwater level. So the, the game starts on an overworld with the coolest fucking music, then goes into a side-scrolling action adventure, then you go up into the overworld and you get like a top-down view again. Yeah, you're going into manholes. The manholes take you into a, like in the top-down map, you're going to a manhole, manhole takes you to a sewer, which is a side-scrolling. I got very excited when I saw the manholes because I, I figured they would start <laughs> eating them. Yeah. He's, he's always waiting for a turtle to bite into a manhole. to Just uh, to justify <laughs> this image in my head. I, I think you're remembering the original Ninja Turtles movie poster. Could be. Which had them Send it all to me. with their heads sticking I've, out. He's, of, I've showed him this. It doesn't oh. have a pizza in it. We've got in the third it's one. A there is a, there is third one. There, there, no a, spoilers. No spoilers. Okay. There's 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 something in the third one that possibly could be it, but we don't know. Um, but yeah, you know what was interesting about the game is there is like this open world element of it where you could like go in and out of the manhole, like. Right. I, there would be times where I was about to get crushed by like some big car and I'd just dip into the manhole and I'd see that there were a thousand villains under there and I would dip back up and everyone would be gone. And I was like, all right, thank God. It was just like one of those games where I felt like there were too many villains. Can I ask a question about the manholes? Because yes. I, I tried to play this game. Um, I dipped into a couple of manholes and got stuck now in I'm them. I'm getting horny. <laughs> <laughs> I got stuck in them. It made me so frustrated. I wanted to explode. Um, But no, I I couldn't, I couldn't get out of them. I got stuck in them. I I also don't think that I was able to figure out the controllers because when I watched the playthrough, I saw they were doing like big giant leaps that I had never figured out how to do. But were there, were you supposed to go into every manhole or were you, or or was there a, 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 a prescribed, like, was there a right path? Yes, there is a right path. I mean, you don't some of them some of the manholes are misdirect. Some of the 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 building entrances, there's just like a power up in there. It doesn't act, you don't actually need to go through it for progression. You can actually well like just skip through some of them by just wandering through the map. So um but yeah, there's kind of a set order. You jump you you get in one, it takes you to the other side of the river, you get out and you you progress to the next part of the map. Mm-hmm. Uh so I mean it, it's it's yes to, to what what Sean was saying is like yeah the screen is just filled with bad guys and so <laughs> many of them sense. are I I'm curious how many like which ones are uh you know it, part of of Ninja Turtles lore and which ones are invented for this game obviously the the foot soldiers are you know something that we know uh the mousers something that we know but like huh? is there a is there a the <laughs> mousers the, the small mouse robots we haven't gotten what? there yet in this but there is a character <laughs> scott like i said when they start making the cartoon and the toys they really get out there with some of the bad guys so some of these are in the cartoon um nick okay. but like i couldn't recognize all of them but yeah the, some, the little- some of them were pigs weren't they yeah, well, there is Rocksteady and Bebop. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are a mini boss. I've heard about the. I've heard about these guys. Yes. Yeah. They, the, there's a Toka and Razor in the second movie, but because Why? they couldn't use they couldn't use Rocksteady and Bebop because they 
they didn't give him permission. Larry this is like, you know, Spider-Man not being able to be in the Avengers movies. It's kind of like it's that. It's, it was contractual. I think Bebop was at Sony at the time, so they couldn't, they had to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like Nick, as I watched, I played a little bit of it and truly got so frustrated that I had to just watch a playthrough. And in the playthrough, like, the deeper you start getting into it, like Heather, you started mentioning like there's the underwater level, which was, seemed really interesting. The deeper you get into the game, the further you get from the canon. Like there right. are just inventions of like flying like robots and all. And like then it was just like now this boss is just another foot soldier. It, like there was a lot of. Yeah. Some of the mini bosses are very half-assed. It will literally just be an enemy you just uh, beat up like five of, and then you're just the the screen is locking in place, and you're hearing different music, and you just have to fight another one of them. Um, it's uh, it, but it is like you're right. It kind of gets away from it, and then but then back at the at the end, the final boss is that you are fighting the techno drone. You're in the techno drone yes. fighting a big you know fucking tank, and then you're fighting Shredder afterwards. By the uh, way, the, the Shredder fight when I watched the playthrough was so anticlimactic. Yes. <laughs> like for for everything that's you guys are talking about about it being a very difficult game, the, the whoever did the playthrough like hit Shredder three times and he died. It looked right. Like. Yes. The 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 review I was going to read for a, a later segment said it seems like they forgot to program the AI in Shredder because he does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah. a common thing with these with these kind of rushed out license games, and I've worked on some of a different generation that you you concentrate on like the first twenty five percent because that's as far as most people are going to get. Most you know, you, uh, someone gets it for, as a Christmas gift, they're going to play the per, the first you know a uh, couple hours, and then they're going to lose interest and move on to something else. So yeah, I think a lot of times, oftentimes in development, they, that stuff does just get forgotten about or it just gets shipped unfinished because they're like, fuck it, it has to be out for the holidays. Hmm. Um, I, I will say that the so let's talk. A, we should talk a little bit about that water stage, which I did finish today, uh, when I when I played through it. Um, and uh, it, me but too. It is, yeah, it is. It is annoying as shit, and it is very difficult. You have to kind of navigate your turtles through um, a series of electrical traps underwater, and then disarm like eight different bombs, and. The thing that like like so there's like lightning that shoots underwater that can kill you, uh, but then there's also seaweed which just kills you instantly. The seaweed is, and then there's also like these very narrow corridors of electrified, a different type of electrified seaweed or an electrified coral. I can't tell what the art is supposed to Wait, be. The, the you have to wind your way through. The seaweed kills you, meaning it doesn't just drain your power. It just like you're just instantly there's seaweed dead. that. Yeah, it's essentially like a bottomless pit. If you get sucked into Oof. it, it just pulls you down and you die instantly. And it's so frustrating because you like you can hot swap between turtles if you're running low on power. But if you get killed by one of those, then you have to start at the very beginning with a different turtle and like progress mm. through all of it. It's just so fucking tedious to get through that level. Can I can I say that as a child, I don't I did not make it any farther than the blimp ever, ever. But I had no memory of making it past the dam until I got past the dam on this playthrough. And I was like, Oh shit. I did get past the dam as a kid. I remember this part. I had a similar, um, I had a similar feeling because after you beat the dam, uh, you get a cut scene with shredder, which yeah. is like the best looking cut scene in the whole game. You get a cut scene. Shredder appears on the TV. Splinter gets kidnapped. And then you, the next level you get to uh, a pilot. You get to drive the fucking party wagon. Yeah. Which is so yeah. like, like, ah, that's such a satisfying. It's one of the few things in the game that delivers just like, ah, I want to drive the party wagon so bad as a kid. And I get yeah. to do it. What's the party wagon? 
The party it's, wagon is the Ninja Turtles van that they have in the cartoon. You haven't seen it yet, Scott. We'll okay. we'll get to it. <laughs> all right, all right. It's also weird. I mean, I'm sure this joke has been made a million times. The turtles are so obsessed with secrecy and then put their fucking name on everything. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Including, you mentioned the blimp, literally a blimp that says TMNT on the side <laughs> yeah. that they're using to in, in like uh, uh, infiltrate Shredder's base. I'll yeah. say those two visuals in this game gave me a little bit of promise of the premise. Like, okay, you gave me the turtle van, you gave me the turtle blimp, because both of those were very popular toys. Like the blimp yeah. I even remember having. Wow. And, I, and I did have this thought earlier, and I did want to circle back to it. Weiger, you said you had toys. Yes. What was what you were playing with toys? What was that yeah. like? Well, uh, I thought that. Uh, did you not <laughs> you have sound like Ninja you sound like toys? an alien? <laughs> no, the reason I ask is because I just I feel like your personality, specifically Weiger, I imagine Kid Weiger playing with toys <laughs> hmm, and look it at being these. very like, yes, right. <laughs> you know. if I jerk them up and down, <laughs> it appears as if they are alive. <laughs> Perhaps I, just, I shall do voices for each one. <laughs> I just thought of the whimsy of little Nick Weiger playing with toys and what that would be like. And I don't know. I just I remember arranging them in poses arranging. and then looking. <laughs> yeah. And then now you sound looking, like a serial killer. Looking at the tableau, just sort of being like, "Hey, that looks cool." Mm, the, tableau the tableau of humanity. Yeah, I like making like little dioramas with them. I knew I had something up when you said you played with toys. Okay. <laughs> I think this is really like sort of emblematic of, of Weiger on uh, my personality that he would arrange them in the tableaus and look at them. And I had one that had like a, 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 a cord that you could stick in its shell and it would talk. Uh, and it the essentially the cord had scratches on it like a record. So you were playing a record by pulling the cord to and from inside of the shell. And I would bring that everywhere because it was like somebody was talking to me. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> and it was my favorite toy because it would talk. And I was like, oh, this, this is like the, my friend. At least I'm not alone. The, the Rorschach test is how did you play with Ninja Turtles? Uh, so the game, yeah, you, you, you go through a bunch of, uh, you know, various map levels, that you, uh, various overhead maps that you're exploring uh, with interspersed with the uh, with very difficult platforming slash combat. Um, and eventually <laughs> the, you get through. Go on, Heather. Wait, the, the, I want to say that the the stages as listed in the instruction booklet are. Fifth Avenue in Greenwich Village, Hudson River <laughs> near the Holland Tunnel, Wall yes. Street, JFK International Airport, Shredder's Base inside the South Bronx. Right. And then the Technodrome. It's They're so like going like, to the trouble to to note that it's it takes place in all five boroughs. Yeah. Like <laughs> it let's doesn't get that look in there. Like New York in any way. Like no. I don't know where there's a big dam like that in New York. Uh but I that was something that was missing for me in the game is that I think the Ninja Turtles really shine when New York City's the fifth turtle. We've you know we've talked about <laughs> that. Yeah. Whoa. Um, oh, and wow. and what's what's what I like about Turtles in Time is the first level is really New York heavy. Like before they start time traveling, you really are in New York. I think there's a Statue of Liberty. 
like there's a bunch of big tall buildings like that there's like was missing two different that. towers that there's two appear to be towers. twins oh, that is the first shot of ninja turtles one is it i think it is yeah oh wow. man it's either uh, one or two but um yeah uh. Um, this is a Konami-developed game, so there is a this, this is the same era as Metal Gear, uh, and so there is actually a weirdly a, a brief stealth section in this game. There is a section where you have to sneak past a bunch of uh, searchlights uh, before I was the second say last that, stage. That top-down uh, sort of above the sewer area did remind me of the really old Metal Gear Solid, like top-down. What I don't remember which game that would be. It was, yeah, just, just a metal, they were just before, Solid was the, the first PlayStation one, so, the, yeah, they're just called Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, I think, was maybe the subtitle, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, those are, those are old school, old school games. Yeah. Hey, guys, was Metal Gear a Kojima game, the original, yes. or did he get brought on and make it weird later? My understanding is Kojima was involved from the beginning. Cool. That it was always his baby. Yeah, awesome. it's very cool. Yeah, he's, a, he's had an esteemed career. Um, hey, uh, the uh, the ending of this game, I want to talk about real quick, and I want to run this by you, Sean. <laughs> well, there, so, this is there's something that happens in it that made my jaw drop. <laughs> I didn't get to it. Wait, I didn't get to and, it. And, and, and Sean, I'll, I'll it Sean, I, I, have I have to say you have been you have been keeping this information from me. <laughs> we at this point, two episodes have come out, but we've recorded a few. You have been keeping this from me and I don't know why and I okay. can't I can't fathom why this would be a secret <laughs> okay it's it's a it's a stunning uh, twist at the end so so here's it's what a happens. Shyamalanian I'm so twist. scared like I don't remember what it is okay let's so see. Splinter you rescue him uh, you beat Shredder he says you defeated Shredder and saved the world now I can turn back to human form. And then he turns into a man. Okay. Just a just a sick looking old man. He looks anguished. You yeah, see, like he looks like he's in a lot of pain. Man. How this has never come up. We we during Secret of Views. I think we even talked about the. Oh no, it's the first one. You, you you get his whole origin story, but he never backtracks to the fact that he was a man. Okay, okay, we've got to talk about again. This is the commercial commodification of the turtles. In the cartoon, you see him more from human to rat, but that only became canon with the cartoon. In the comics and in the movies, he is a rat who lived. With Humatu Yoshi in Japan, he learned ninjutsu while in his cage. In a, in a non-mutated state. Non-mutated he, state. He was he able to ninjutsu. learn ninjutsu <laughs> yes. at, by then, imitating what his master would do and yes. imitating the moves. It's and then cute. his master had to leave. Wait, Umatu Yoshi. He gets killed by Shredder. Yes, I, Shredder's Umatu Yoshi. I said the wrong name. But uh, his master has to flee to New York. That's and then gets killed. And then Shredder tracks him down, and then he he gets killed, and then uh, Splinter like sort of scratches Shredder's face, so he's already sort of a ninja. And then he gets thrown into the sewer, where he sees four turtles crawling around in ooze, and then they all become mutated. So he, he jumps into the ooze himself. He jumps into the ooze. So him turning back into a human, I feel like that's for the video games and cartoons. And that to me is insane. I did not know yes. that that was the truth. He seems to just will it into being. Like he can, 
He, just, yeah. he could have transformed it now any time, I'm and ready. now he decided it's Well, it seemed like it was yeah. a cause and effect from defeating Shredder, but <laughs> the, I don't now see I any return. correlation between Here's no. the thing, Scott. If we are going to be amalgamating all these sort of legends and, and canons into one, this could be a twist in our movie. Like, we could reveal that at one wow. point Splinter was Splinter human. was, man. But what I don't understand is is he teaches the turtles... What is it? What is it? How's the song go? He teaches turtles. He taught the turtles to be ninja teens. Right. <laughs> but he didn't. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. He didn't teach them how to be teens. No. And they didn't need to be mutated in order to learn ninjutsu because he learned ninjutsu in a non-mutated state. So really, the only thing the ooze did was make their bodies grossly disfigured. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't see what the issue is there. Okay. <laughs> he taught them how to be ninja teens. I don't think they knew how to be both ninja and teens at the same time. That's what Splinter brought them into. You know, if you're going to be teens and a ninja, you're going to need a master. Okay. All right. Fair Guys, point. we have not even touched on April O'Neil. We got to talk April, please. Yes. April O'Neil is uh, sort of... Um, in your menu screen, she gives you hints and tips, and she tells you how many bombs there are left to uh, unlock and shit. I want to say, in the game, very helpful. In the cartoon, extremely helpful. In the movies, at least in the first one, when she was played by Judith Hogue, again, I'm realizing that I'm a super fan here. Yep. I didn't even know. <laughs> um, Welcome to my world. Uh, she's super awesome. Uh we're all aware, I think, of the footage on where Raphael on Oprah yes. implies that he's fucked April O'Neil. Right. He's like, I, mean, I tried to talk her into it. He goes, I tried to talk her into interspecies relationship, but she wasn't having it. <laughs> That's kind of what he says. It's gross. Oh, okay. <laughs> he tried to. Well, this, tried. this is another example of when they were on Oprah, this is part of the rock musical that was licensed. And that has no actual official, you know, relationship to canon. And what happens when you make these musicals is you hire a bunch of actors and and leave them to improv. Oh, and, wow. And they're basically being representatives of the Turtle brand on Oprah, which is a huge show. And it's these dumb shit improv actors who are saying <laughs> stuff like that and, and implying that they're trying to fuck April. I mean, it... Oh. it and in the clip, April is there trying to like do the work of like, you know, when we're on tour, like the shit that they're out there, they have to say. And they're like interrupting her with like, you know, I tried to have sex with April. And she's like, ah. <laughs> like, I've never felt worse for a person. Yeah. She's trying to stay on message so, so hard. hard. And, and he is just it, I feel for April O'Neil in general. And I think as a character, she represents that like. Indiana Jones effect of like in the first Indiana Jones, you have this really awesome, capable female character. And then in the second one, you just write a woman who screams every time something happens. And like mm -hmm. April has lived in that spectrum throughout all the right, like times they've rebooted the turtles. And I like in the game that she's helpful, I think. And I also think that the photo, the like image of her in this game is kind of iconic. Yeah. Does like, it look like princess peach to me for some reason? Is that maybe? Is that, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, similar hair. They're very, very limited graphics on the NES. I feel like you have one graphic for woman. All men look like Mario. <laughs> or if they don't look like Mario, they look like that poor, like, face-melting human man that Splinter becomes. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the, like, Foot Clan look like putties from, like, uh, what is that? Seinfeld? Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> from Seinfeld, yes. Uh, no, from Power Rangers. They look like yeah. the, like droopy. Like it just kind of did look strange. Yeah, I, w- I remember. I was really disappointed when you get to fight the Mecha Turtle, who is promised in the instruction manual at the end of level three. And then it's just a blue Ninja Turtle. It's they just, just palette swapped it. <laughs> it's not even any bigger than the one that you are playing. It's so yeah. lazy. But April, really April is helpful, but she doesn't actually get to do anything in the game, which I kind of feel like is her storyline in some of these movies as well, yeah. where she just gets sidelined. The one thing I was saying on one episode is, well, at least she's not a hostage. You know, like, uh, I don't yeah. she mm-hmm. She never gets into that situation in these movies, but at the same time, her she just kind of lets Casey Jones and the turtles go off and fight while she does nothing and then comes in at the end and is like, oh, wow, you got him, you know, which is She has like, the one scene where she's cleaning up after them and she's like, Donatello, come on. Yeah. She provides information that That's they true. couldn't get any other way and she has the hideout. I, I, mean, I think she- I think if you do anything with April, she it has to be action news and it has to be like her superpower is her investigative journalism. Yeah, yeah she's like absolutely. piecing together clues and stuff like that. That's that's yeah. where her strength should be. But yeah. in the movies, it just seems like she's there to be like a bummer going like, guys, clean up, clean up, you know, and, and then not participating in fighting. I, I think the game gives her a role where she does get to, you know, do a little bit something, a little something. But in the in the manual, she is described as April, a hip version of a medieval damsel in distress. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. oh no. Which is a bummer. No. no. Everything we just said is undone. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. That is awful. Yeah. Man, if you want to talk about awful, well, I don't even know if we have much time left. Uh I want to say that as the turtles became commodified, they got uglier, yes. which was very weird. Like you would think they would get cooler and cooler looking, but the ones that were on musical tour had huge age spots or something on their faces. Well, okay, so the issue with this is Scott's a super fan now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read a very interesting article about the the musical. Um, they, much like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, not to bring up a different show that I was involved in, um, <laughs> when they did Lollapalooza 94, uh, they never tested out the uh, light bulb costumes before they went out on, before they put them on and went out on stage, which is just fucking insanity to me. Uh, the fact that, like, this is a huge, huge concert and a huge televised show that they would never try these out before they actually went on stage. And they found them to be very uncomfortable to the point where like they take them off in the middle of the first song. Um, These Ninja Turtles never tried the costumes on until uh, the night before opening night in Radio City when they are going to be filming all three nights for the video of this. And two, I believe, actors passed out in the middle of the show because they were so hot. Jesus. Um, And so they had to totally redesign and take off the shells and make them as thin as possible, which is why they don't have shells and they're all wearing like jean jackets and stuff like that. So they they do not um, follow the look of the Ninja Turtles, whatever that may be, because I don't know the regular look of the Ninja Turtles. Um, (laughs) Apparently, I think they're wearing like man briefs or something, but they're wearing jean jackets in that for a reason. Yeah, wow. and and then in the movies, in the third one, the Henson team sort of hopped off board, and a new version of the animatronic people weren't came they in. fired? I think were I, I, may, I don't remember who's fired or underbid or something. Right. I think they might have been underbid. So the animatronics well, in the firing. third one <laughs> so, are. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I guess you're you right. Fire someone if someone else they get underbid. Too. 
But the animatronics, Heather, are so bad in the third one. Like, you remember yeah. the mouths moving in a way that was like, this is disturbing now. I don't like yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You guys remember when Michael Bay made a Ninja Turtles movie? We're, All right. We're getting to we're it. We're getting to Believe it. We, we haven't me. gotten to that one yet. But I'll say, like, at the end of this game, you fight something called the Technodrone. Yes. And Scott, that is related to a character we've talked about named Krang. Okay. I... I still don't know exactly what Krang is. I know you've described it <laughs> on Comedy Bang Bang. And well, you know, I realize there's a Marvel comic equivalent. Oh, who's that? Oh, is it the... Who's this? It's it's not Zola, but it's... Um, not MODOK. MODOK. It's MODOK. It is MODOK. Okay. He has, mm. he has the, the, uh, the robot body with the brain in the center. Yeah, and designed and the brain is only to kill. Yeah. Yes. So he's kind of similar, only he comes from a universe of brains and okay anyway we haven't gotten to these because he's not in the movies (laughs) although uh if you listen to episode two which is out right now on sean's patreon um apparently the secret of the ooze uh, has something to do with krang yes there was a deleted scene in the second one where the professor that was dealing with the ooze was going to reveal he had a brain in his stomach which i think would have been an amazing reveal i would have loved to see krang in and part two were you a krang fan I love Craig. You know what? Craig might have been my favorite character outside of the turtles themselves. <laughs> like his personality. I like the weird brain in the jar. <laughs> I really like Baxter. You are Stockman. a weird brain in yes. a jar. <laughs> Heather, I'm with you on the Baxter Stockman thing, and I think he Baxter Stockman was the inventor of the Mausers, Scott, which was the what? little mouse-like robots that you're fighting in the game. Oh, okay. I didn't um, get that he's, far. He's like a mad scientist, um, and he has a really great part in Turtles in Time. I remember that animation with the wings. and Yes. He, tr- yeah. he turns into like a fly, human fly person. Well, well those arcade games, you know, and this is, this is what we were talking about earlier, but like, yeah, in terms of delivering all the things you know from the cartoon, like that stuff's all jammed in the various arcade games, and it's so satisfying to get to battle those as bosses and, and enemies and just get to see them realized in video game form. But we should get to our final assessment on this video game, this NES uh, version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's time for the review crew. <laughs> So we're just going to say one positive thing about this dreadful game and then give it a numerical decimal rating. My positive thing, Matt, if you want to cue this up, is the punishingly difficult and annoying water stage does, in fact, have awesome music. Uh, And let's uh, let's let's hear a little bit of this. just belongs in a better game uh but yeah i i love this track and i and i think it's not the only uh, bit of music that's great in this game that said overall this is a massive disappointment and (laughs) replaying it reminded me of how crushed i was as a kid uh i'm just gonna give this a zero because i think the 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 arcade game came out the next year and is so so much better uh heather go ahead holy shit Mm. (laughs) I don't know that Nick's ever given a zero. Okay, so um, my uh, this is mine historic. is also a uh, <laughs> a, a call out to the music, uh, which was by I believe June Funahashi, and uh, the overworld theme is my favorite part of this game. It just fucking kicks. You put it. You, I just like stood on the street and I was like, "This is this is a good jam." Yeah, it made me feel good, like Saturday morning cartoons. 
It almost feels like a, a Mega Man stage. Yeah, yeah, it does feel very Mega Man-y. It's got like a great, great hook. Um, okay, so I two things happened in this game. I was surprised that it was not as hard as I remembered. Uh, it was still very difficult. Um, I have no intention of giving this a zero. I think that was spiteful and, and hateful <laughs> by Weiger, and I don't know why he did it. He's um, coming at the super fans, but I get it. I see yeah. this game. This game's a four. Uh, it's it's a solid. It parts of it are actually pretty enjoyable. You're just um, saying that because there are four turtles. The fuck? No. <laughs> Good point, dude. Good point. <laughs> so that's my so that's my score four uh four points. All right, go ahead, Matt. Your um, positive well, thing, your score. I I was actually really impressed with the um the animation of the turtles. The turtles like for a licensed game on this system at this time, they could have done a lot worse with the like the character models in this game. They look exactly how you would want them to look, I think. The the art is pretty good. It, I I do feel like the animation they just don't have a lot of frames, but but they look pretty decent. That's yeah, not a lot of frames, but my favorite movement that they do is in the underwater level when they're like repairing those like machines you have to fix. They do this little like w- w- uh, little wiggle they do, uh, and they do it every single time. And I was really delighted by that. Um, but that doesn't make the game good. And <laughs> I will say that my score for it is also four. Wow. A nice. point for each turtle, you say. Interesting. <laughs> One for each turtle. I see. And none for Splinter. <laughs> All right, Scott, new to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, your assessment of this game. Something positive, your score. Well, the most positive thing for me was, again, the uh, prelude to the game, which was very instructive to me to let me know that the turtles have different weapons. Um, and so I, in, in terms of my fact-finding mission, uh, that's information right off the bat. It, it was not a, a, a slow buildup to that, so I was very, very satisfied. We've watched um, hours of Ninja Turtles movies, by the way, so this is an insane revelation. Um, <laughs> so... It, I I could not get past uh, a single level, um, and I found it very frustrating to play. I could not figure out the controls. Uh, Ten. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, All right, Sean. Go ahead. Yeah, I will say the music I immediately loved, but it then immediately triggered the frustration I felt playing that game as a kid. Because I immediately recognized the music and then I immediately recognized the game I was playing and I immediately got frustrated because the music is so happy, but I'm so pissed. (laughs) So like that sort of started to drive me nuts. And as unrelenting as that rhythm, that like uh, overworld song is, Heather, like I loved it so much. I was just like, I just died. And then it would just start up like, and I was like, no, give me a second to like. So the music really drove me nuts. I think the positive stuff, I would say are the vehicles. I liked the mm-hmm. turtle van. Yeah. I liked the turtle blimp. I thought those were maybe the best realized things. And I thought when Shredder came up on screen in those little cutscenes, I felt like I was looking at Shredder. It was a really good, like scary version of Shredder. And um, I'm a Shredder stan. So did I like this game? No. But I'm going to have to give it a 10 as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't go any lower than a 10 on Turtles. I am a super yeah. fan. I go all the way. Two and a half wow. points per turtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Spanning the entire spectrum here with our scores. And those were our thoughts, Heather, but maybe we're wrong. 
Maybe we're wrong. Hey, I've got a Game Facts review by Snake Eyes 1215. Here it is. If I could give it anything higher than a 10, I would give this an 11. I cannot get enough. <laughs> Not a 100? No. Perfect joke. Perfect joke. <laughs> Wait, is this going to make you start doing comedy again? Yeah, Sean? it's better than a little too rap. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Heather. Uh, I enjoyed this game, so I am pulling from a Kotaku uh, article written in 2016 by Patrick Klepek, um, which says, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES was infamous for being super hard. For many, the game unbeatable. On the PC, though, that was actually true. The PC port of Ninja Turtles, the DOS one specifically, was weird for a few reasons. The sound was terrible, it didn't look as good, and playing with a keyboard sucked. Worst... The programmers modified one of the levels, shifted the geometry over, and made a key jump impossible. Mm. Oh, my As God. As a result, you Jesus. literally could not beat the game. <laughs> Maybe that's how I got stuck. I don't know. <laughs> you somehow got that version. <laughs> they've, got a, they've got a gif of, uh, of, of the jump, and it's... It, like, it kills you. <laughs> Doing the jump kills you, and it's not late in the game either. <laughs> it's pretty early. Wow. Was this game Was this game popular, or was it like a flop? It, it sold, uh, as my recollection <laughs> is it sold, I couldn't find exact uh, MBD numbers, but my my, uh, my recollection is sold like gangbusters. You know, it was yeah. at the height of Turtle Mania, and, then, mm -hmm. and it was just like for the biggest game, the biggest game system on Earth at the time, so. 23 Skadoo. <laughs> your your lingo. <laughs> I lined up the Ninja Turtles, and I, I they were. We did a tableau. <laughs> Look, I have distinct verbiage. All right, it's a thing about me. Get off my I will, back. I will say, Nick, there is an homage to Nick Weiger himself in the first episode, where my character. The canon is that he asked Scott about doing a podcast and Scott said, well, just do a Nick Weiger, like have some of it prepared. So I did an entire Doughboys intro where I talked wow. about the Ninja Turtles. So if there are any uh, Nick Weiger fans out there, check out the first episode of my podcast. Can you imagine if there are no Nick Weigers yeah. fans <laughs> listening to this show? They're just like grinding their way through it. <laughs> hey, it's time for the question block. All right, this one's from at Dr. Man Batman. <laughs> I have a, such a love-hate relationship with this game. Some great ideas mixed with punishingly difficult spikes. Forget all about that, though. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Also, what are your favorite pizza toppings? Wow. Mm -hmm. Great Sean, question. what do you think? We're about to get a shocking answer from me because guess what? Sean don't eat cheese. Sean don't eat pizza. Wow. wow. What? That is maybe the biggest reveal from the Ninja Turtles podcast. Ever? Is I, I definitely ate a bunch of pizza when I was young. And like when I was in high school, I like ate it at lunch because they sold pizza and stuff. But I just don't like cheese. And I don't. Wow. I'm don't not like a, obsessed cheese. with the pizza like the turtles are, which you'd think maybe I would be. But I'm not. Wow. No kind. Like there's no cheese that works for you. Yeah, Weiger. I'd be a terrible Doughboys guest because <laughs> I don't want to eat cheese. I don't like something about it just. I think I might have had a bad slice of pizza when I was young. Mm. This um, is incredible. You haven't been asked to be on Doughboys yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real headline. Wow. Wait, 
What what is Doughboys? What do you guys <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, never important. mind, never mind. Not yeah. What about Dough Girls? Come on. <laughs> and also, a bad slice of pizza? There's no such thing. It's like sex, my man. <laughs> That's true. Look, I'll say about pineapple, like, I like pineapple on stuff. People don't, like, I like pineapple on burgers and stuff, so I bet I'd like it on pizza. But, you know, I hear people hate it. I think pineapple is okay. I've started making pizza during the quarantine, by the way. I learned how to do it. Um, I, I, we wow. now have pizza Fridays or pizza Saturdays. Mm. Um, and uh, But, you know, all we put on it is pepperoni, sausage, and cheese. So, um, mm. you know, haven't branched out into anything else at this point. Wow. Okay. I'll say I like pineapple on pizza. I like it with some protein. Um, and you know what I like? The fiery Hawaiian, which you'll find sometimes, which is like you'll put a, a you'll put the uh, you know, like some pineapple, some Canadian bacon or ham, and then toss on some jalapenos on there. Get a little spicy with your sweet. That's a delight. Mm. What do you think, Heather? I think I've never had pineapple on a pizza, so I have no opinion on it. Wow. Uh, wow. Like I've never been to a place where you had to have pineapple on your pizza or you couldn't have pizza. <laughs> So like, why would Makes I ever it easy be like, for you. yeah, I mean, and my favorite topping uh, on a pizza is um, uh, Italian sausage and mushroom uh, hmm. over an extremely thick layer of cheese in a deep dish pizza because Chicago pizza is the best. Do you, wow. So you put the, you put the, the toppings over the cheese instead of the cheese over the toppings. Well, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, in, I'm just wondering all because pizza, all pizzas no the cheese goes no no well i i read and this is this is the way i've been making it is that the you put the topping you put the sauce on then you put the toppings on and then mm. you put the cheese on top because mm. they bake in better which is you know i don't wow. know it's it's maybe a technique i don't know whether that's the best but that's the way i've been doing it wow it well, sounds sh- like it's pizza time which is another thing i figured out that they say (laughs) hit us up on twitter and instagram at get played pod or send us an email get played pod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2played 616-275-2933 scott ackerman sean diston uh plug the podcast one more time and and anything else you'd like to promote so the first episode we put it out as a, a bonus episode of comedy bang bang but uh the rest of the episodes are all on sean's patreon which, Sean, how do people get to that? Yeah, it's patreon.com slash Sean Distin, my name first and last spelled correctly. And the second episode will p- be dropping the same day as that first on. Yeah, so the, the, they're both out right now. The second episode has Lauren Lapkus on it as our guest. Yeah, and we watched all the Ninja Turtles movies. We brought in Mansukis for an episode. We've brought in we some have other great people. Guests, we, yeah. we also watched Surf Ninjas, which was really fun. So, wow. It's <laughs> a stupid character. I'm playing a character the whole time that I'm sort of fucking around with Scott, and it's, it's a really fun time. Cool. Wonderful. I'm just maybe or we should have I time. Bodacious. <laughs> Is that a turtle thing? Yeah, man. Yeah, Cowabunga. They, they say oh. a lot of shit, Weiger. You got to catch up. They test a lot of catchphrases in these movies. Wow. Chevy Nova? I, they say that? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, at a yeah. certain point, yeah. <laughs> um, I was just, I was, I was, I'm a little dismayed we didn't get time to talk Battletoads, the mm, Ninja Turtles oh, ripoff, yeah. which is also a legendarily yeah. hard game. But yeah. I, I but and I, also referenced in the comedy Bang Bang television show approximately 100 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which one of you guys, wh- I think it was Neil, but was it you too, Weiger? Like, who was obsessed with Battletoads and why were there so many Battletoads jokes? And why did I agree <laughs> to say them all? <laughs> Look, we were all tossing out references to the Battletoads rash zits and pimple when we were in the writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that, that more than anything about I the hate, Teenage I Mutant Ninja that. Turtles. 
<laughs> I hate that. Uh, thanks for having us on, guys. Thanks, guys. That. Thanks so much. And Thank Matt, you. what's next week's game? Next week's game, Undertale. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye, Edge. everyone. Edge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>